Welcome to the How Great Events Happen podcast. I'm Brooke. And I'm Cody. And we are coming to you today from our respective home offices in Portland, Oregon. You went to the new CMET Mix and Meet virtual meetings, right? Oh my gosh, I did. It was so cool to talk to other like-minded individuals in the events industry. So many people showed up and I just had a really great time virtually meeting with them and sharing ideas and anecdotes about, you know, how we're all faring in these new work environments. Well, guess what I just heard? Oh my gosh, what? The April sessions were such a great success that we're continuing to offer our C-Event Mix and Meet series in May. Mix and Meets are an informal virtual meetup where meeting and event professionals come together to talk, connect, and network. These are really cool open forum discussion-based meetups. That is so awesome. Now, how do I sign up? Well, our next round of meetups will be taking place in early May and more information will be coming soon. To check out topics and register for a mix and meet, visit cvent.com slash mix and meet to save your spot. That's cvent.com slash mix and meet. Well, I will definitely be there and I hope to see you all there too. And boy, do we have a special treat for you guys. We have Jamie Lakin from O2 Events and Mike Baugh from Pink Monkey Studio. And you guys, they are the most amazing dynamic duo. Yeah, from RVs to walking the plank on a pirate ship, this conversation was one of a kind. Yeah, and not only was it super inspirational, but they had this great perspective of being an event producer during these times. Yeah, that's right. Let's hear what they have to say. Jamie and Mike, we are so excited to have you on the show today. And just let's get a little bit of background about O2 Events. Can you just tell our audience a little bit about what you guys do? Sure, happy to. Uh, so we are a, um, a small company, I would say, but a mighty company out of, um, originally out of Denver, just made a recent move to, um, to Bend, Oregon, just because we needed a little bit of water in our life. And um, our typical client with O2 Events is, I would say nothing typical. Um, we spend about 90% of our time um, working with clients uh, that are remote and um, that are not in the same town or city as us. Um, and we really just try to have fun and, and not take life too seriously. Um, I think we have two main groups of clients. Those are the, the outdoor clients that are looking for either this crazy backcountry experience. They just want to go, you know, hardcore. And then there's that other group that they just want um, just some standard outdoor experiences. And then there's the, the other group that uh, we spend, I would say, primarily most of our time, and that's production. Uh, we, we're working with larger brand agencies, producing, they're, they're leading a program, and we're producing a, a, a component of it. Um, so we're like a piece of their puzzle, um, whether it's keynote, it's expo, it's the final night, the breakout tracks, um, and in between all the chaos and madness of that, we are, um, we'll sprinkle in a few weddings for referral clients. Oh, I, I just cool. had like a moment. You said Bend, Oregon. And I was like, Cody, you're from Bend. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know. I know. My eyes lit up a little bit. Like I love Bend okay. and I love that you guys are, you know, involved with the outdoors there. Because if for our listeners who don't know, Bend, Oregon is the outdoor capital of the entire country. You do anything you want outside. So, so it's pretty cool. sweet. Uh, Jamie, so thank you for letting us know a little bit about O2 events. I, I love asking though, like, how did you end up at O2 events? Like, can you give us some background about, you know, your journey and how you finally got there? Yeah, it was a long journey, I would say. I spent 20 years in the events industry. I started on the F&B side 
and um, which I loved. And then I moved over to the corporate side for a long time. And um, I really had this deep passion, which we all do for events. Um, and I, but I wanted to work on a variety of, of events. And so in 2016, I just grew a set and took off from there. And uh, I, I launched and again, it was scary as hell. Uh, just to kind of put it all on the line and put my big girl panties on. Uh, but I kept telling myself the whole time, there's no room for failure. You know, you can do this. You got to do this. So um, over the last, I would say three to four years, we've, we've spent most of the time. Um, I, I, I guess for me, it's really hard to kind of narrow down my favorite events. I crave the outdoors and my mother-in-law always says that I'm, you know, she always calls me and says, are you taking a bath in nature today? <laughs> and, um, so any chance I get, I want to pass along that love and that passion for the outdoors to um, any of the people that we've partnered with. So it's golf events, trail rides, backcountry ski experiences. And, um, you know, in between my, my nature bathing, we're, like I said, deep into producing some of these shows uh, with various agencies. And I love it because I get to work with these badass humans, these stage managers from Broadway and these lighting and audio guys from the coolest music tours. And like, sometimes I have to pinch myself because I'm like, how am I in the presence of these really freaking cool people? Um, you know, you work like a dog for months on these shows and you have all these crews in place and then you go live and there's no better rush than that feeling that everybody, everybody on headset is ready to do this kick-ass job for the for the for their clients and it's like don't screw it up <laughs> and it's just it's a thrill so for me that's that's where I find those two things between the outdoors and production I find the most passion I love that I'm you know Cody and I are in Oregon so we also love the outdoors I also have mad respect for event producers what you guys do is just blows my mind and I have to imagine that the day-to-day -day looks a little bit different these days after you know taking care of yourself and your families you may find yourself with a little bit of free time i don't want to you know say that mm -hmm. sensitively but i mean is that what's happening and what are you recommending that you would use that time for it's there's definitely free time i will it's 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 there it's there's a lot of free time and for me it was taking a lot of ample processing time so i have like these stages that I have gone through. And stage one for me was this total shock. Um, back in February, here I was about to board this flight for San Francisco and launch a big show with you know a few thousand people. And there was th this call from the board that night that said, hey, we have to cancel the show. And here we have trucks on the way, they're ready to load in. And that was, the, that was when I learned of the first cancellation. And then of course, it ultimately led to eight more, you know, after that within the next week. And so we went from this jam-packed schedule to, wow, there's nothing on the radar. And it's this constant stage of this reality check of how the hell am I going to pay my bills? And how are we going to continue to, to build revenue in today's market? And then it went to stage two for me. <laughs> I've built this into stages because for me, I... I went into shock and it was like, or from that shock, it went to anger. And it was this, um, this, which of course still pops in my brain every, every so often for, for me, it was, you know, waking up to my NPR updates and really feeling frustrated about 
you know, where government and funding and all of those things were, what, what was happening there with how this was all supposed to play out. And um, then it went to this really, really hilarious stage of, damn, I just finished Netflix, like most people. And I, I went from baking everything, even though I suck at baking. I was playing Nintendo Switch with my kid. Um, and, you know, the, I was doing TikTok dances with the other, with the other girl. And, um, and sometimes here I was, you know, just having margaritas during the day, which of course in moderation, um, it was just kind of a, let me process this. It was just no doing nothing. And now I'm in the stage of, okay, I have no control of what's happening right now, except for how I'm going to react to the situation. And for me, it's, it's a, it's a complete gift. Uh, it's really hard to see that, but it's a gift to have time with my family that I would never have, um, you know, this much time. It's a time to reinvent ourselves and our businesses and to kind of reevaluate why we're here on the, on this earth. Um, you know, we, we bust our butts, uh, every day of our lives. And then one day we die. So for me, it's become, um, I guess a set of, I guess a sense of awakening and however silly it may sound. It's, it's like this time for me to reset and rebalance and figure out what other passions I may have. And all along, it's been really uncomfortable throughout every single one of these stages for myself and I'm sure everyone out there. And I think the stages will continue to repeat over the next six to nine months or really until we, you know, find a, find a vaccine for what's happening right now. But we've all, I guess the good thing here is that we have, each of us have this new task of like, how are we going to band together and figure this out? Um, you know, we're, I'm, I'm seeing now these people that I never would have imagined becoming tech savvy. My, my own father, for instance, is constantly on Zoom parties and Zoom hangouts, which is hilarious because he's one of those guys that had the the 15 pound phone in the 80s which he barely knew how to turn on and with our larger tech shows we're we're seeing um you know this we've always been leveraging this i should say over the last two to three years we've leveraged this in-person versus digital experience but this not this model is really beginning to shift or evolve into this really cool hybrid experience as we're, we're hearing now. These live events are, are never going away. Um, it's kind of that, that rush that we all thrive on, that, that in-person um, community. But now we're, we're really kind of reviewing every component of the event. So we're focusing on, instead of just content, we're looking at redesigning the sets. Um, you know, how are we networking during meals and happy hours to really kind of include people remote? Um, how are we bringing to life the expo floor? And what kind of activations are we, do we have in place for those who are joining remote? Um, so, so pre-show. And for, for, I would say for those that are not already doing um, the, the, any sort of digital or very little digital at this point, that's where I see a lot of room for growth and creativity. And I would push back to those people and say, uh, think outside the box because this is going to get bigger and wilder than I ever thought possible. We were really taking these baby steps before to push companies in that direction of these hybrid models. And now we're seeing companies take massive leaps. Okay. So you hit home pretty hard with your stages of grief. Um, cause I think I went through all the same things. I have also finished Netflix. I'm like on the C list now, right? The stuff I never thought I would watch. You're also like playing Nintendo switch all the time too, right? Bro? Yeah, like me. I am. Yeah. 
Cody, yeah. it, Cody and I <laughs> are adding you. all day long. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to be friends now. Um, and it was sort of this like, I was almost like, oh, this is kind of cool. I have some like time to get stuff done. And then it was like, oh my gosh, I'm bored. Then I'm kind of angry. And now it's this like, okay, we got to figure out how to do it, deal with this and make the most of it. And it sounds like you have this amazing outlook on that, but like, how do you stay motivated? How, how are you staying engaged? How do you wake up every day and say, okay, you know, I'm going to make the most of this time. Oh, girl, it is not easy. It is. It can be really hard to find the creativity right now. And my strategic brain is always kind of working overtime. But my creative brain is, is on that Netflix and margarita hiatus. So for me, when it comes to the surface, I, I, when that creativity is, 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 comes about, I have to take advantage of it right then and there. And so I try to get outside as often as possible. Even when it's terrible, you know, it could be awful weather. I really just try to get outside when it's, again, I can social distance um, and I can be responsible with, um, you know, kind of just staying in the lines here. But um, whether it's on my bike or on a long run, I also love to listen to podcasts and they, I mean, I personally feel they've become super heavy lately. And that was the impetus for me kind of wanting to do this podcast with your team is really just to kind of keep it from getting heavy. And so I really try to surround myself with good energy kind of people. Um, people that are going to challenge me, that are going to kind of lift me up. And what I'm seeing is just there's a lot of humdrum. And there's a lot of these heavy feelings out there. But I'm looking for those people in the market that are challenging. The, you know, they're, they're really kind of, the, I always look to this as, you know, my kids. I'm, I'm always trying to redirect them. But we, we're looking at people like T3 um, who are kind of using their resources for these build-outs of these off-site hospitals. Um, Imprint Group from Denver, Chris Starkey, who had these, he, he did this viral dance with his daughters and he took that huge viral sensation and turned it into this positive platform where he is providing these iPads to those in ICU without devices and they're, un, you know, they're unable to talk to their family. And then I look at people like Shake Shack who, I mean, super kudos for them, you know, kind of saying, okay, hey, we have other solutions. We're going to give back these loans to other small companies. And then I look for the frontliners. Um, but I say first and foremost, we're always looking at those people on the front line. They're busting their ass, trying to keep us safe. They're trying to keep us fed and active and healthy and um, overall, I would say I'm just looking for a sense of community. So people that are um, going to keep me lifted and even the most introverted of my friends and colleagues right now are looking for that. So I, I would say it's really, really easy to just watch another season of The Office or binge on The Tiger King. But um, there's a time to kind of walk away and kind of start doing. It's for me, the biggest hurdle, it's like a workout. It's it's the biggest hurdle is just to start and it sucks to start. And, but once you do, damn it, it feels good. And so, um, even if it's just one thing per day that I get done, uh, which sounds like a very different life than I had, you know, two months ago, uh, it doesn't have to be this monumental achievement. It just needs to be one step a day. I love what you said about just getting up and getting started, get going, just like a workout. Everybody hates the beginning part of a workout, but once you actually start getting in the groove of things, you start getting motivated. And that's really where you're coming from here. It's just very inspirational. I love what you said about Shake Shack too. And the, the frontliners, this is a, we need to stay positive, I think at this time. And it's yes. hard to do, 
but really like make sure to stay positive because it's going to affect everything else around you. Absolutely. Um, I remember when I talked to you guys previously, I talked to Mike on the phone about um, building resilience. And I love that term building resilience. How can we use building resilience, you know, to move forward, Mike? Yeah, I mean, it, it's such a great question. And, and when we chatted before, you know, I realized that much like you guys have just gone through of, you know, I've shared the same stages, the Netflix binges and the like the, the WTF moments. And then I, I kind of took a moment and just took this for what it was as an opportunity to kind of go inwards. Um, there's so little that I can control, kind of like Jamie pointed out in my industry and in the world and you know, in, the, in the pandemic at large but there's so much that I can control on the inside and, and how I react to it, as Jamie pointed out. So I've really taken this opportunity to, to just enjoy the time that we're having to take that inward journey. Cause I really believe, you know, there's that old, that old phrase, right? That a chain is only as strong as its weakest link. So while, while I can only speak for myself and, and not prescribe what might work for someone else, if I believe that concept that, that the chain is only as strong as its weakest link, then using this time to improve my own personal resilience means that the chain gets stronger. So for me, you know, when, when Jamie and I first started talking about this, you know, I was weary of anybody that is, that is offering quick answers. And I challenged Jamie and myself really to say, you know, let's not seek quick answers, but like, let's, let's sit in this for a little bit. Like this is something I hope that we don't experience very often, but, but it's, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity to have the world in a lot of senses shut down and, and having the chance to just be in this moment of, of discomfort and silence and, and, and seeking out quality questions as opposed to quick answers. There's another old saying that I heard once in the, in the personal growth world, that if you want to improve the quality of your life, then improve the quality of your questions. Um, so like I said, I'm, I'm really trying to not be afraid to just sit in this and, and admit to myself that I don't have a quick answer, but that if I, if I, if I search for better questions, that one will come. Um, I, I, I go back to some of the basics. I breathe. I experience this for what it is. I ask myself, what have I, what have I truly lost? Did I need that in the first place? And if I did, what can I do today to get it back? And this includes creating something entirely different that, that meets the same needs, you know? So I can't necessarily go book another live event. I mean, we were in the business of bringing large groups of people together for, for the purpose of human connection. So I can't do that today, but there's got to be a way that I can still foster human connection. Um, I'm trusting that when the right questions get asked, then the right answers will be found. Uh, like Jamie, I'm, I'm connecting with other people who I know to be solution-oriented and engaging in thoughtful conversations like this one. Um, I, 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 can't, I can't go out and undo what's happened, and I can't make the industry come back to life quicker than it's ready to, but, but I, can, I can sharpen my mind in the, in the process. Um, so I'm, I'm examining not just my professional life, but, but my personal life, because I, I truly believe if I grow as a human, then, then that's making me more resilient in all aspects of my life. Um, I was reminded of a, of a guy I met many, many years ago. He had a great name called Sam the Belt. Um, and I met him at a, a, another challenging point in my life. And I, I just felt stagnant. And I'm sure a lot of people right now have that feeling. Like we're just sitting around doing nothing. But I was challenged by Sam the Belt that I was still growing. And I, I didn't know what he meant. He took me out to a tree and he pointed at this little tree and he says, is that tree growing? By the virtue that it's alive, can you say that it's growing? I was like, yeah, yeah, it's growing, Sam. Where are you going with this? 
He's like, but can you see it growing? Can you touch it and feel it growing? I said, no, I can't do any of that. He says, but you admitted by the fact that it's alive, it's growing. I said, yeah, yeah. He says, well, so are you. And, and it took me a little while to figure out where he was going with that. But, but that's, that's the kind of thing that I'm taking comfort in right now is that even if it feels like we are stuck in the mud or speaking in the first person, I'm stuck in the mud, I am growing right now. Um, I believe that, that if I'm part of a conversation that's thoughtful, then I'm going to be part of the solution that's at the other end of that. Um, I'm, I'm recognizing the needs that when my, my, when my wants are taken away from me, the things that I, I thought I needed, but, but if, if they were taken away from me and I'm still here, then it was just the want. And, and it leaves me with clarity of what my needs are, um, which then allows me to focus on tactics to go back and, and, and regain my wants, which, which to me are just goals. So I've, I've, it, it sounds a whole lot of woo-woo and rewind 60 days ago when, when it was just like, what's the next job and what's on the punch list and, and are the clients satisfied and have we executed the mission properly? To be given this time just to be with myself, it's, I, I can't see it as anything other than a gift right now and, and I'm trying to make the most of it. Oh my gosh, Mike. I, something you said really hit me. You said that you are examining what it is that you've actually lost and if you have even needed that to begin with. And it's kind of like all about perspective, right? Just getting that perspective of really what's going on right now and finding peace with that. And it reminded me, Jamie, of when we were talking earlier, because you did something pretty, I would say drastic to gain some perspective. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? <laughs> uh, we last May after, gosh, I think we talked about it forever. We donated or sold most of everything we owned and we bought a tiny RV. And uh, in, for me, for us, we wanted to really kind of spend one year on the road. We, we set out to, to do one year and that's what we, <laughs> we set out for uh, with our little family. And we planned to kind of travel the Western US and all through Canada, chasing the mountain bike seasons and fishing. And my goal ultimately was family time and just to maintain this work-life balance. And since we both operated our own small businesses and the kids were young and didn't hate us yet, you know, there was no better time. And so we had planned to homeschool um, and do as much exploring as possible. But what really happened is this wild ass ride. <laughs> and for us, it was homeschool days that were terrible and lasted forever. Um, Wi-Fi connections that I would be in the middle of a call with, with many, many people and they would drop. Um, my mother was diagnosed with stage four cancer, which she's doing really well. And, um, these work projects that were really intense, we had a crazy year, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. I would say if any, anyone's even considering it, I would say do it because what all of this RV life has taught us over the past year is that getting really, really uncomfortable led to this unexpected growth. And you, you can't just run away from each other where, when you're in a tiny RV, you can't take a drive. You can't, you're, you're in this, sm this small space. You're, you have to process every single emotion that's, that's going through each one of your brains. Um, and you have to hit everything head on. And I think that's where all of us are now is this, we're really freaking uncomfortable and we're trying to figure this out and we're questioning every single thing we do, which can look we can, we can look at this as a negative, but we also can take this as a learning, as Mike mentioned, you know, with the, with the uncomfortable changes that are happening everywhere around us, not just in our own homes, uh, which really can be 
can feel awful, we are still growing, like Mike said with the tree. Wow. I mean, I agree with you. I feel like uh, when you make yourself uncomfortable, it forces yourself to grow. You have no choice but to grow. And uh, it probably has surprised you a lot too. I'm sure there's certain things that you have not even expected to happen. And I also exactly. wanted to say uh, my thoughts are with your mother too. I'm glad she's doing well. Um, Thank I, you. Yeah. I did want to shift though a little bit and talk about the communication that you've seen with event producers. Have you noticed it's change in recent weeks? Oh, absolutely. So, you know, whether you're, whatever stage you're in and, and whether you're feeling lost or, and, and you, you have to remember that you can't beat yourself up. We, I try so hard every day. Just, this is not, this is not permanent. This is only temporary. Uh, you know, whether, you know, you're feeling lost or you're, you know, the, on the other side of this, you're maybe that person that's has been working harder than you ever thought possible because you have this team that is expecting you to, to deliver and manage and, and figure out revenue and uh, streams. And, and uh, you know, you're trying to find a way to, to operate this, this, new, this business all together. So calls are starting much different. Um, instead of, hey, let's get down to business, we have this, this heavy agenda. It's really kind of talking through how each of you are spending your morning. Um, you know, did you finish uh, uh, Tiger King? <laughs> um, it's, it's, a, it's no judgment, open conversations of, you know, how are you managing stress, anxiety, isolation, and do you have the resources both professionally and personally um, to, to kind of navigate where we are in this market? And, you know, once you kind of get through those, and sometimes you don't get through in time, but I would say taking care of each other first before you take care of business is what, what we're seeing more so um, or more of right now. Um, you know, these group uh, a lot of our agencies that we're partnering with are hosting happy hours, not just with their internal core team, but they're hosting it to or allowing contractors and all these people to come in and participate with them because it's part of their family. And they're, they're allowing this opportunity to kind of check in, take pulse. And um, it says a lot for me about their character and that's who I want on my side. And that's who I want to kind of partner with. So for me as a small business and a contractor, I am scheduling ridiculous amounts of FaceTimes and house parties and Zooms. And I do virtual wine tastings with my girlfriends. And um, what a couple of us will do Peloton. We'll get on the Peloton app. I don't have a Peloton bike. You don't need a Peloton bike, but you can get on their app and, um, and work out and do these great uh, you can burn some great calories. So uh, it's burning off that bad energy and kind of just resetting and restarting the day. Um, but our conversations now are, are absolutely a little bit more heavy. They're, you know, after we talk about what shows we just watched or, or you know, what level we've just gotten to on, on um, Nintendo, uh, you know, we'll talk about how we're completing the SBA loans. We'll talk about how, uh, if they've filed for unemployment and if they've been accepted. Uh, we'll, we'll complain, you know, because it's healthy. It's okay to complain here and there. It's just not wallowing in that for too long. Um, you know, one of my dear friends taught me this ridiculously awesome saying. She said that, you know, on site at some of our bigger shows, we know that our end clients are going to surprise us and ask us to build this pirate ship. And the, this, this problem that we couldn't have planned for during any contingency meetings. And we are tasked with a solution. And I think this is that moment. COVID-19 is, is kind of our partner, uh, our pirate ship. 
as uh, and as I would say as some of the brightest event professionals out there, um, you know, that might be listening. We 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 know we're natural problem solvers. That's our that's our jam. But we need to take the time to process and really kind of once we process and we work through that, it's then time to kind of build this 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 really badass pirate ship. So that's where I see this this really going. (laughs) (laughs) I love the pirate ship analogy. That is so awesome. I I did want to ask, you know, there's so many changes that we've had to do in in recent weeks. And I heard, Mike, that you're wanting to go through like a major change with your own company. Can you tell us a little bit about how you're taking advantage of this unique time with your change? Mike, are you building a pirate ship? (laughs) You know, I I wasn't ready to tell you about the pirate ship. It's (laughs) the perfect opportunity. It's got cannons and a plank. It's amazing. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, I I, uh, I actually met Jamie out in Colorado, and that's where I own my own special event design and fabrication company called Pink Monkey Solutions. And my partner and I both entered that from the the, the acting world. We were we were actors in New York City, and learned that uh, it's not just a cliche to be a starving artist. Um, long story short, but we ended up out in Vail, Colorado, and we got into the special event production world out there building you know high-end events for high-end clients out there because of the similarities between producing a social event and producing a you know a theatrical show um and so we sort of backed into becoming these like sort of you know at least locally very well-known luxury wedding designers which if you knew me um you'd, you'd know the irony of you know i got eloped everyone in our company for years had all been eloped um, so we, we, we enjoyed the challenge and, and the becoming storytellers in a medium that we never thought we'd dabble in. But, but over the years, we kind of found ourselves more and more in what we felt was the special event interior design world. And we were proud of the work we were doing, but it wasn't really answering that why question anymore. But, you know, you have this beast and it's moving along and it's making money and you've got employees and you've got bills. So we always had this analogy of like, we knew we'd like to change the tires on this thing, but when can you ever pull over to actually do that? And so if you can't pull over, like, how do you change tires on a moving vehicle, which I Googled and there's some very interesting YouTube videos of people (laughs) who can do it, but I am not one of those people. Um, And even if you could fathom pulling over, there was always this like FOMO of like, well, if we stop, like the whole world is going to run past us. And like, would we ever get started again? Would anybody care again? Um, And so this opportunity has kind of forced that like, A, we, you know, even, even if, even if we didn't want to stop, we can't physically produce a live event right now. So this has allowed my partner and I to really look at this and say, well, you know, where, where can we re-engage in this world? If we knew that sort of the way that we were telling stories in the past really wasn't answering the why questions, what can we do now? And it's just fortunate that one of the constraints is we can't necessarily get large groups of people in the same room. So we're now digging back into becoming more of the producer side and building a show and you know, technology has come along so far since, since we started you know, 13 years ago that can we, using this mixed media, hybrid, little bit of live, you know, shot TV, studio stuff, produced stuff, we still can custom fabricate the sets, but can we get back to our theatrical roots and, and, and help people to tell their stories and meet their audiences in the new normal? Um, so we've actually come up with an acronym because that's all we do over at my company is come up with acronyms. So we're calling it a LEAP which is a live event adaptation plan. And, and that's what we're trying to do now is, is meet with our current clients and new clients and say, listen, 
You know, we, we all have to figure out how to continue to tell stories, be them internal sales stories, external sales stories, social stories. Um, and, and now we have to figure out a new way to tell them. So that's, that's kind of what we're working on. And it's, it's really quite exciting. That sounds awesome. You know, Cody and I are huge fans of live events, both in our, I would say, professional and personal lives. We are well known for throwing some of the best parties in Portland, I would say. <laughs> That's um, true. That's true. <laughs> we love a good theme, but live is kind of out of the picture right now, right? So how, what is your strategy for meeting the needs for live events when you can't do it live? I had one of the most exciting meetings I've had in a while with a company that specializes in AR, VR. And, and, and I'll be fully transparent that prior to this, I knew it existed. I kind of had a rough idea of what it was doing, but I, I never invested much time into it because I didn't need to. You know, I had the live tool at my disposal, but I met with these gentlemen that are on the cutting edge of this technology and what they're capable of doing right now, it's, it's absolutely mind boggling. It's, it's full on Star Trek, Star Wars, it is the future. Um, and so like halfway through the meeting, I, I remember asking them, I said, this all sounds too good to be true. Why hasn't anybody done this yet? Uh, and his response was very simply that we've never had to, you know, that, that exactly my own reason that because you always had the live event tool. And he was very humble saying, listen, I'm not here to tell you that AR and VR will replace a live event or ever be as good as a live event. I think we can all you know, attest to that, that there's nothing like the human connection and being in the room. And he said, the, the thing that makes this you know, so exciting is if you ask yourself, not how do I replicate or recreate what was supposed to be a live event through AR, but how do I produce an event that can only exist because of the technology available to us in AR and VR. And like my mind was blown. I was like, from a creative standpoint, you know, I'm, I'm, an, I'm an old theater guy, like we build sets, you know, so it's all what can I make with my hands? But this world is what can I make with my mind? Um, he told me about this event. We, we do a lot of uh, vineyard events and wine tasting events. Um, and, and he started describing like, well, what if we, you know, we got some footage of the vineyard and we literally flew people like Superman style across the vineyards and landed you at a tasting table in the middle of a, of a vineyard. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I want to do that. But you couldn't do that even in the live event world with the biggest budget imaginable. So those kind of things to me are, 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 are you know, what I'm waking up excited about. Things that I, I never even dreamed possible and never needed to dream possible, they're out there. And, and, and I have no doubt that the, the people of the live events world who are just solution people, you know, the pirate ship building people of the world, like there's going to be an awesome pirate ship at the end of this. Oh my gosh. I, well, Cody knows I'm obsessed with AR and VR. I've worked on a couple of projects with Cvent and I've always had this dream of having an event underwater, you know, like maybe yeah. a shark's giving the keynote or something, you know, something new and different. <laughs> we haven't done before. Maybe we start on the pirate ship and we jump overboard and then we're at the event. Just an idea. I you can have that one for free. Yeah. <laughs> I love what you said. What can I make with my mind instead of my hands? Like this is where we're at nowadays. And yeah. I love the point that you drove home that, you know, we want to find something that's going to be a complimentary experience. You can't fly over a vineyard when a live event, like you cannot do that physically. So what kind of elements are we going to take? that are going to marry with a, with a live event when this all comes back to normal. Exactly. Love that so much. You guys have been so awesome to have on the podcast. I got to ask my favorite question. If you had to leave one takeaway for event producers, what would that be? So for me, 
I have, I liken all of this to my workouts or to a marathon. And this may be an ultra at this point. Um, I, I am definitely not a long distance runner. And I've realized that I have to pace myself every single day. Again, I'm surrounding myself with, uh, with a, a strong tribe, um, even though sometimes we'll have a good, good day and bad day. But surround yourself with those good people, uh, those good people that are going to challenge you, that are also going to give you a slap in the face when you need a reality check during that race or during this race. And, um, and, and know that there's people beside you that are, are running along. Some, some may be jogging, others might be walking. But little by little, we're going to get to the finish line. For me, I've, I've come to have a very simple belief in life that all will be okay and all is okay. And, and that's not the same as saying that, that we're not, or some of us or all of us are not going to face real pain, stress, economic hardships, fear, etc. But that, that, that simply the fact that we are still here, to me, means that there's, there's a greater purpose. And my role isn't to understand the purpose, it's to accept that it's there and by virtue of that, we're going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. It's going to take a while. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Let's all just breathe. Yes. <laughs> just take it, <laughs> take it one step at a time. It has been such a pleasure talking to you. This has been the most inspiring. And I've laughed so many times throughout this conversation, which is great. And um, we all need a good laugh too. So where can I find you guys? What, any other kind of resources you want to promote? Sure. I'm at um, uh, o2.events and I'm also on the gram at must be willing if you'd like to follow our RV adventure. And you can find my company pinkmonkeystudio.com and that's the event production one and I'm taking this opportunity to launch a little side project. It's at www.ia-tg.com. Psyched to be coming soon. Heck yeah. The big Ooh. reveal. I love it. Thank you, Jamie and Mike, so much for joining us. Um, and for our listeners, we will put those resources up on the cvent.com slash podcast page as well. Are you so excited after that awesome conversation, Cody? <laughs> yeah, I feel like they gave me valuable perspective, not only how to stay optimistic during these times, but also what positive things we can look forward to in the future. To get more episodes and exclusive content, head on over to cvent.com slash podcast. And if anyone out there has tips or tricks that they want to share, let us know. Email us at podcast at cvent.com. We'd love to have you on the show. And before you know it, we will have another great episode. So we'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye.